Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Coming back with a podcast, finally. It's been a while. Uh, This was a fun interview that I did with Matt Weld, who I met at ICE in Chicago back in February. And he hosts a podcast called The Teacher's Classroom. And uh, we just had a great conversation around creating uh, meaningful, purposeful content for your school, some tips and things that I've picked up from schools and myself, uh, using social media, getting students safely involved, Uh, excited to head to a conference that he hosts called the Directions Conference coming up in a couple weeks. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, find some value in it, and we'll love your feedback. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day, uh, whatever you're doing, whenever you're listening to this. Thanks. From TeachIllinois.com, this is the Teacher's Classroom, the podcast that explores current issues and topics in education and how they relate to teaching and students. Here is your host, Matt Weld. As I travel around talking to schools, leaders about their school brand and their social media strategy. I'm still surprised by the number of schools who don't yet have a vision of their social media presence. They haven't yet figured out their why, either why they need it or why they're doing it. So that was one of the things I want to talk about with you today is you need to identify some goals. Why are we posting on social media? Why are we using these platforms? If you can't answer those questions, with your staff and even bring in students, then you need to really step back and take a look of why we are doing this. That's Taylor Siebert of Class Intercom, a company that helps schools manage their social media accounts by empowering students in a safe environment. If you're just doing it because everyone else is doing it and you think you need to be doing it, that's probably not a great why. And so, but if it's to, you know, you have specific goals you want to reach, you want to increase enrollment, you want to increase whatever scores and and things like that. And you think social media is going to do that. You want to boost the morale in the community about, you know, the culture of what's happening in the school and come up with some really, uh, what what I call KPIs, some key performance indicators that are going to get you there, some objectives, how you're going to get there. It's just like anything else with a school, right? When you try to to get a bond, to get a new addition for a gym and things like that. You have goals, you have deadlines, things like that. And I think people have not maybe taken that same view for social media, but need to because it's super important. When I hear of schools who are not telling their story and reinforcing their brand on social media, it makes me think of Pareto's principle, otherwise known as the 80-20 rule. Are your actions, in other words, the tasks that you do every day, Are they making significant strides toward your main goals? According to the 80-20 rule, 80% of your tasks produce 20% of the results. And conversely, 20% of what you do every day has an 80% impact. Therefore, you want to concentrate on the 20% actions that will have the most effect. It is my belief that social media is a tool that helps you have a great impact with little investment of time and materials. Is it more effective to have a phone conversation with individual parents who call with an issue that they heard about? Or is it more efficient use of your time to maintain a public storyline with your perspective? 
but you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to share what you're learning and what you fail at, and you've got to set that and model for students to to do the same thing. It's not part of their job description. It's probably going to be here moving forward. But let's get back to the beginning. Before you can have a social media presence, you need to understand your why. Like Taylor said earlier, your why and your culture and being transparent is all wrapped up in your brand as a school. I asked Taylor about school branding from his perspective of not being in education. I do have a unique perspective. I I am not a teacher. I'm not an administrator. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, but have a heart for education. Uh, wanted to be a teacher and a coach. Decided to go the business route in college here in Nebraska and have just really fell in love with working with educators and become friends uh, with a lot of the people I work with. And so... I do have a unique lens because I'm not in a school building every day, but I have a chance to go into schools and work with students and educators quite a bit. And so I can come in and and share my ideas and my thoughts, um, but then I leave. And so I don't get a lot of the parent interaction and, and things like that, but I see it from a distance. And so that actually is, from my my point of view, an advantage because I can provide a different outlook to educators and go, hey, have you ever thought about doing this on your social media or doing this in the hallways of your school. And so I think for schools to think about their brand, that word brand from the educators I've talked to, that's that's what we hear out in the marketing and business world. But now it's slowly kind of coming up into the education world and schools are realizing the importance of that. And a lot of people have an opinion and thoughts about what their school brand is. Um, Some people will think it's their logo and their colors and the fonts, which I think is a small piece of that pie. Um, But Jason Wheeler, uh, I have never met this guy. He's a PR guy and does a lot of talk about social media and branding. He put out a tweet the other day that I loved that your school's brand is what people feel when they walk in the hallways of your school. And I, I follow Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these guys that talk about marketing and where the attention's at. And I think that was spot on from Jason. He's in the school and doing a lot of PR stuff. And you have to think about that. What happens when a an eighth grader comes into the high school? What are they feeling? What are their parents feeling? Um, is that consistent in the hallways as it is when they get on their, your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages? Is that the same feel? Or is what's happening on social media feel fake compared to what is actually happening if there's bullying and um, negative things happening in the hallways of the schools? And so I think we're in this new age where everything is being exposed, right? Because because of online and social media. And so there's nothing as nothing a brand can hide behind anymore, uh, which is a really unique time. And so schools have to be fully transparent and authentic with who they are and what they stand for, or else students can get on Twitter and, and share something negative that happened. Um, recently, University of Iowa put out a campaign using a hashtag and it flipped and it turned into a negative. Students started bringing up bad things. It was about why you love the University of Iowa. And at flip, students start saying how they've been discriminated, discriminated against and all these negative things. And that's really hurt, hurting their brand. And so people have the opportunity to share so much now. Um, and we're a really unique time for schools, especially K-12, which is the world I live in and and you as well, to really embrace that and take advantage of that and have tough conversations with students around social media and what what do they project 
your school brand online as and how can we make it better what are some things we need to improve on whereas you know when i was in school 20 you know 15 20 years ago didn't even think about that you know um, we put out the the paper newsletter and you did those things you went down to the coffee shop to hear what hear what the farmers right. were talking about the school and what they thought the school should be <laughs> doing at school board now all that's just out in the open and it's it's freely shared on facebook we got a lot of what i call keyboard warriors right who can voice an opinion very quickly. And that reflects your brand as a school and you need to be out in front. And that's what's so great about Joe right. is he is controlling the narrative and the message for their school. He's not letting the, you know, the negativity that maybe does happen face-to-face um, slip into the online piece. He's controlling that and putting out a very positive, encouraging message and being transparent and authentic, which I think every administrator is going to have to be asked to do, whether they like it or not. It's not part of their job description. It's probably going to be here moving forward, but you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to share what you're learning and what you fail at, and you've got to set that and model for students to, to do the same thing. Right. So in your opinion, branding is, uh, letting the public know what the culture is of the building. Yeah, they're yeah, they're Honestly. not they're not there every day, right? And so you don't want your community to have certain assumptions um like for example if a you know, teachers start leaving your school. Well, people start talking and I live in small town, you know, Nebraska. People start talking, well why is that? And we start to assume certain things. Well, how great would it be if the the administration was coming out and going, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's why, you know, people are moving on to go to, you know, a better opportunity or go to a bigger school to get this or that. We can't provide all those opportunities and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And and explain that, you know, online, whether it's a blog post or it's a video or in a podcast format like this. I think every school should be doing some type of podcast. Um, the parents are consuming that content. Why not have a little 15, 20 minute uh, monthly or every other week or even weekly podcast or what Joe does? You know, he does the walk to school. You know, his community is right. knowing what is he's thinking live and, you know, in the moment, which I think is incredible. And I think he's set the standard way high. And I think most administrators can go, okay, yeah, I'll share. I can't be completely transparent of what we're talking about in our board meeting all the time. People can come to those, but I can at least share my side of things on what what we're doing to improve our school. And we're here for students, right? I think that gets lost in a lot of a lot of schools uh, on the purpose and the why we're in our schools. And that's to serve our students and give them the best educational opportunity possible. And how can you portray that online through social media? I think it's amazing, endless opportunities to showcase that. My son's a first grader at our school and the teacher just um, here in the last couple months has been posting stuff just about every day on Twitter and I love Twitter. And so now I'm seeing, and I get to have a conversation with him then when he gets home saying, Hey, I saw you got to play go fish. And he has a huge smile um, because maybe he wouldn't have told me that, but I got to see a photo of him actually playing go fish with his classmates. It's a great opportunity for me as a parent to start a conversation. That's the type of things schools need to be doing and encouraging teachers to be able to do. Right. So you mentioned Twitter. Um, what are the main platforms that schools should be on? 
Right. So for for her, the first grade teacher, right? She doesn't have a huge following, but I'm engaging with her on those posts. I'm liking it and once in a while I'll comment. So she's getting some feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if she wasn't getting any, any feedback on those posts, then I would tell her, hey, maybe you need to create a Facebook page for your first grade class or a Facebook group. Groups are a phenomenal way to connect with parents or an Instagram account because you know all the moms in the class are on Instagram. So you have to go where the attention's at. You have to go where your your patrons and your community are spending the most time. Now, we all know Facebook has the most users. And so for a lot of schools, Facebook does get the most attention. And so I encourage schools, why fight that conversation Uh, with your community and say, hey, we want everyone to go to Twitter. Just start putting stuff out and putting things out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and see what pops. See what really gains the most attention. And I think you should still be focusing on those three platforms in addition to YouTube. Snapchat's interesting still. We all know students are on there. But I think they're using it differently than a consumption platform. They're using it to actually communicate with their classmates. And so how do schools be a part of that conversation, I think, is still interesting. Snapchat's in an interesting place. But the big three, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, is where I suggest schools spending time on. And if no one's engaging with your content on Instagram, then take a break and really focus on where people are spending time and giving you engagement. And that should be measured by people actually starting a conversation rather than necessarily by your metrics where that you could see on your dashboard, for example. Right. Yeah. We could have a whole nother podcast on kind of diving into analytics for schools and not, you know, likes are great. Uh, but I'm more into comments, sharing, they, they share the content, um, on their personal, that's how valuable that piece of content was. So a picture of my son, of course, I'm going to comment on that. I'm going to like it and say, you know, thanks for sharing that or, you know, whatever piece of content it is. Um, but you have to gauge that with your audience and test that out. Photos obviously do the best video does incredibly well, but if it's not uh, purposeful video, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, then, you need to rethink why you're posting that type of content. And there's a whole psychology piece around that. So are there tips or anything that you can provide on what makes this content meaningful? You talked about intentionality with videos. Yeah. Um, What do you tell people in that realm? Yeah. So it's very similar to the conversation of what platform should we be posting content on, right? what's what's getting the most engagement. Um, looking at the analytics and impressions and things like that is fun. I get consumed in that with, with the social media accounts that we run. And I think a school should as well. Um, photos, like I said, do really well. You do need to be aware of at least the parameters like on Twitter, a video that you post natively, which means you upload that video direct to Twitter. You don't put a YouTube video on on Twitter because it maybe doesn't play as native. The platforms all want you to post those videos direct to their platforms, uh, which gets you the most reach. And so I am always, you know, again, I come from kind of a different lens, a different outlook. I'm always testing different things. And so we work with schools and testing those different things like a throwback Thursday post and creating engaging content there that does really well. Spotlighting students. Uh, We have a school who does Who Knew Wednesday where they talk about a student and had an incredible story of a student that wore a Kansas City Royals uh, T-shirt 
to school for six years, <laughs> every day to school. And so they spotlighted him and and took a had a picture of him. And guess what they did? They tagged the Royals on Twitter. And guess what happened? The Royals saw it and quote tweeted it, quote retweeted it, and invited him to three games this summer for his whole family to come on them uh, because of the dedication that he showed. And that was all because this school does a Who Knew Wednesday. Yeah, that's fantastic. Spotlighting their students. So those type of pieces of content, yeah. And the same school, that was on Twitter, the same school took a picture of their students scooping snow off their track for track practice and just said, Nebraska, Track practice in Nebraska and used our little photo editor on Class Intercom and posted that out on their Facebook. And they got over 2,000 people shared that, which is way beyond the reach of their community. It went viral, uh, over 250,000 impressions. So for them, that was that's that makes them feel good, right? Like their brand, their school name was showing up on 250,000 people's mm-hmm. Facebook feeds, which their community is not that big. Uh, is not 250,000 people. So for them, that was huge. And you just don't know when those things are going to happen. And so it's all about consistency of posting content. You can't just start posting content and then not for for a week or two. Like you need to be consistent. You need to create some themes. So we encourage our schools with Class Intercom to do that, especially for students in doing that. Um, and then, yeah, abiding by the rules and kind of the guidelines that the platforms have as far as graphic size and length of videos. Um, I think when we go back to branding, you think you want to have your school logo on a lot of photos if possible, especially if it's a graphic that you make. Now, if it's a photo from your phone, I don't think you need to take the time to put your school logo on that and things like that. But you definitely need to be consistent because again, when they walk the hallways of their school and they see the signs and your uh, logo and things like that. You want that same feel that they feel when they walk in that school to be the same online. And I think that's the key in being consistent. And we're working with a lot of schools now that are like, yeah, I don't know where they got that logo. It's totally different. Someone grabbed it from a professional team or whatever. And that's a little scary for me when I think about that. But that's typically what's what what the conversation is at schools. They just aren't aware of some of the consequences of doing things like that. And so you definitely need to have some type of uh, brand guideline. And that's the the simple design webinar. We talked about that just so everyone's on the same page. I think it's yeah. really important. So you mentioned um, consistent posting. Uh, you talked about posting directly to the yep. platform rather than making YouTube and, and putting the link on there, right? Right, right. Yep. And you can post natively through Class Intercom as well, uh, which we'll dive into here maybe later. But uh, so the video plays natively on Twitter. Okay, so, so let's say the school administrator is walking the halls and takes a picture or a teacher like with your with your yep. son. Okay. So yep. your advice is to just post it, not worry about filtering it or adding a logo on there or anything, you know, finding some kind of app that could add the logo. Yeah, I think I think you need to do a mix, right? So asking your first grade teacher to start learning how to do graphic design um, and adding more time into her busy schedule, r- chasing 20 first graders around, I think is unrealistic. And that's 
you know, if you have a communications PR person and they're going through the school and taking photos, yeah, they're probably going to take more time. But to ask your staff to do that during the day while they're teaching, most staff are going to say, no way. So our whole goal with, with what we're doing with Class Intercom, even with students, is just to get more content posted and that goes through that moderation and approval process. And then you can actually download the photos through our app and then fancy them up and then re-upload them if you really wanted to. Or you can use the photo editor in our app and drop your drop the logo in. But to ask staff to take that extra time when they they have no graph design sense or where to put that logo. And I think it could get really messy. So we're in the we're in the kind of camp of let's just see if how many people we can get contributing content, getting everyone on the same page, capturing that content. Then we can think about you know, quality, scheduling it out. So we don't have, we don't have a first, first grade photo at 1030 AM. And at 1031, we have something else going out on the, on the school's page. You need to have some, some actually thought go into the timing of these posts as well, because there's algorithms that you're going against, right? Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook all have algorithms. If you're not familiar with that, they are taking basically this bucket of content and distributing it to your followers and not everyone sees everything anymore, right? You may have noticed now you don't see as much stuff or your reach isn't as good on Instagram, Instagram as it was two years ago. That's because there's more content on Instagram. And that's why we're even talking to schools about paying or boosting posts or paying to do social ads so your content gets seen by more people. And so you need to think about the quality and the timing of your content as well. Um, And I'm jumping way ahead and jumping around, but I just wanted to throw that out so schools understand what's happening with these platforms that you're handing your content over to. You're at their mercy of their algorithm of science that a bunch of developers are figuring out to get that content in front of the the people you want to have see it and people commenting and sharing helps get that out to more so, people. Let's say we have a high school, let's say, let's just call it Nebraska high okay. school and they put out something and they have 500 followers. So that content that they put out doesn't necessarily get to all 500 of those followers to their feeds. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. Yep. And so the way to increase it would be to what? Can you do that without boosting it? Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I just touched on briefly, right? So getting people to share and to comment and to like your content, that's how you get 250,000 people to look at your students scooping snow on a track, which is not going to happen every day. So right? if you're, but, if you put yep. that out, you're whatever it was, and it went out to a hundred people's feeds, if those hundred, if say 50 of those people commented on it, would it then creep out to more than just those hundred people? Right. Yep. And so even though they've liked your page, but they haven't engaged with it recently, Facebook, all the platforms are moving that further down. So you may may not be reaching your full capacity of people that like your page, which is scary, right? Like they have actually liked your page, but they're all, there's so much content now and it makes sense, right? These platforms are free. Most of the time you have to pay to get stuff seen. And so a lot of people have been spoiled. Now, I think schools are really unique because 
parents and grandparents and alumni are engaging with that page often. And so they are seeing more. I would, I would love to do a study with a small business in the same community as a school to test who's getting better reach and engagement. And I guarantee you the school is getting way better engagement than a small business because they have a captive audience, especially the nine months out of, out of, uh, out of a year, right? Where they're posting pictures of kids and sports and scores, school closings, right? We all know, especially up where I live in North, uh, where Joe lives and, you know, they had a ton of snow, snow days, right? And we had a, virality thing happened where superintendents started singing and doing (laughs) some crazy stuff on YouTube to announce snow days, right? That created some virality in it that went beyond the reach of their school. And so creating, uh, there's a captive audience, I guess I'll just leave it at that for these schools, which I think is a huge advantage. So a lot of schools probably don't need to boost, but if you're seeing really low engagement, um, look at the type of content you're sharing. Is it just facts and announcements or is it actually showing kids learning? Is it showing action shots with nice a nice camera or is it a very professional video? Look at the quality of the type of content. Is it just text? Hey, open house is tonight at 6 p.m. Hey, that's great. But the parent probably already knew that based on the calendar, right? I think you should still do that, but add a graphic, add a photo of that event from last year. Like there's lots of ways you can make that more engaging. So I know that in uh, businesses, they always talk about a call to action, you know, and I see on Instagram a lot of times where whoever's posting will say, you know, ask a question and that's inviting engagement. So do you recommend that for schools too? Like you're posting for college night. You could say, where are you planning to go to college or something like that? Just so that people start commenting. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you brought that up, Matt, because last night I was talking with an educator who's got a really pretty big following on on Twitter. He's like, gosh, I'm just not seeing it much engagement on Twitter. And I said, you need to start asking questions. And so he did this morning and he didn't get very much engagement. And then I said, well, you need to think about what people are actually consuming on Twitter, right? You're throwing out this random question that maybe doesn't have anything to do with what's trending and what's, you know, what's happening in the world. And he goes, yeah, it's a really good idea. So people need to pay attention to that side of things when you do ask questions, right? Think about your audience. A lot of times we think about what we think is important and what we think people should be engaged with, but we don't think about our audience, right? And so I follow a Donald Miller who started StoryBrand out of Nashville, Tennessee. He wrote a book called, or has a business called StoryBrand. And the whole thesis of his idea, and it's for businesses, but it applies to schools as well, is that you are the guide and your customer is your hero. And talk about your customer. Don't talk about all the awesome things you, you do, Talk about your customers and how they're using your product and how you change their life with problem or solution. So for a school, I always think about it, and I haven't talked about this with a ton of schools, but I think about the staff is the guide and your students are your hero. So for me, if I were a school and running a school of social media, most of my content would be about the students and the amazing things you're, they're doing because they are the hero of the of the community in the school, right? And that's going to get really great engagement. What parent doesn't want to see their kid get recognized for the hard work or the, uh, you know, picking up trash on the bleachers after the game, like those types of things. Um, and so if you have that kind of mindset when you're thinking about the social media content, and I still get 
caught up in that too. Like I just, we just put together a little blog post and it was all about us and not about the conference we were at. And I had to kind of step back and Ben, our co-founder of Class Intercom, had to say, okay, let's think bigger on this. What was the theme of that conference? And so I kind of even got caught up. I was talking about what we did instead of what was happening at this conference, the people that we were there to serve. So really interesting thing to think about for schools when they put that lens on. Yeah. And when I do trainings, I have, I try to get people to look at the stakeholders, you know, like the board members have different values and expectations of the school and say parents do who are different than the teachers. And so I guess focusing your content to meet their needs and you're saying then to, to focus the calls to action around them. Right. Yeah. So that was your original question. I tend to birdwalk quite a bit. So yeah, putting calls to actions, questions, things like that, that will increase engagement on maybe something that's not super exciting, like the game winning shot or the kids scooping snow on track at, on, on the track, right? Like we know those are going to do really well, but the important information about the board meeting, right? And putting some things that you're going to talk about in the board meeting and asking the community a question, right? I think is super important. And then, yeah, thinking about your audience, right? Your stakeholders, um, your parents are, you know, do, do kind of a customer profile is what I call it, or your audience profile of, you know, look up the stats, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram give you that of the age and the, uh, whether they're male or female, like figure that out so you can cater content to those specific people on those platforms. Right. And you'll probably find that it's pretty diverse. Like everyone, yeah, thinks all the moms are on Facebook. Now they're moving to Instagram and you know, you're, kids are on Twitter and Snapchat and things like that. Look at the, look at the analytics and find out, and then you can cater your message and target the types of content a little bit more in depth and, and see better engagement if you have that lens on. So it sounds like, um, your whole and social media for schools, it kind of boils down to, it's not putting out content. It's not just a recitation of your school calendar, but it's telling the story of your school's culture in a way that's meaningful enough to the stakeholders and the consumers that they are going to want to engage with you. So the ultimate goal is engagement. Yeah. I mean, you want your story to be told, right? Right. Joe is really put that on a national level. We've been talking about that for last five years uh, and get, you know, helping schools share their story online and then using students to do that. So with what our mission with Class Intercom is, is try to get students to understand what it means to create meaningful, purposeful social media content. We all know they can hold up their phone in front of their face and take a picture and put some text on it, right? That's that's easy. It doesn't take a lot of thought. But to ask students to create content on behalf of their school is a whole nother conversation. And it even provides great opportunity for your staff and administration to think about that, right? A lot of people don't think about creating content for someone other than themselves, but that's what they're doing when they post on behalf of their school. And that's a different voice. And that needs to be consistent if you have multiple people contributing that content. And so it's a super important conversation to make sure everyone's on the same page with the, what's your goal? If you're just doing it because everyone else is doing it and you think you need to be doing it, that's probably not a great why. 
And so, but if it's to, you know, you have specific goals you want to reach, you want to increase enrollment, you want to increase whatever scores and and things like that. And you think social media is going to do that. You want to boost the morale in the community about, you know, the culture of what's happening in the school and come up with some really, uh, what we, what I call KPIs, some key performance indicators that are going to get you there, some objectives, how you're going to get there. It's just like anything else with a school, right? When you try to, to get a bond, to get a new addition for a gym and things like that, you have goals, you have deadlines, things like that. And I think people have not maybe taken that same view for social media, but need to, because it's super important. Some people may never walk the halls of your school and have a certain opinion about your school, but they're going to see what is happening on social media and that could totally flip their view. Uh, we tend to really judge people based on their social media, right? Uh, without actually knowing who they are and people can, can fake who they are and things like that. And so if a school can be completely transparent and authentic about what they're trying to do and why they're there and why they're posting on social media, that can be an incredible opportunity, I think, for a school to change the narrative and have an impact on their culture positively. Well, and I think then it's important to have a lot of voices contribute to that story. And that's right. where Class Intercom can come in, right? Yep. So, I mean, you've kind of talked about Class Intercom throughout yeah, this, sorry. <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> no, but so let's just, it's a platform where... Um, kids create the content there. It's submitted to the system and then it's approved by administrator. Does that yep, sum that's, it up? That's exactly it. So it's a social media management software for teachers, administrators, and students. We're really focused on getting students involved in that process safely. And so our story goes back to Ben Pankinen and I, uh, Ben, the co-founder with me, uh, having two other companies Ben comes from the, the banking and finance space, and I came from uh, just a Nebraska-based company here serving. Uh, we serve now over 100 schools. I started inviting Ben to conferences and workshops to talk to students about the things that he was seeing out in the real world uh, around social media and marketing. That's his his expertise in working with finance companies, and he's got a phenomenal view of the world and marketing. And so I started bringing him in to talk to students about that. And this conference was all about social media and how to students could be creating social media content. And so he got into a conversation with a group of students from one of the schools we work with, uh, four gals who were sophomores. And they said, yeah, we're super excited. We're going to be creating social media content for our school. And he goes, awesome. But hold up. How are you actually doing that? And they go, oh, it's real easy. And you can't see me right now, but I'm actually literally holding a sticky note. They said, we've got a sticky note right here with our Twitter name, username, and password. And that was our light bulb moment of going, wow, there is no safe way to actually, I was teaching kids how to do this for a couple of years and then sending them off and going, yeah, go create social media content for your school and for yourself. And then not realizing that they were actually having to get the username and password given to them on a sticky note. And the administrator teacher just crossing their fingers all day hoping that they didn't screw up or pass that out like the wi-fi password at the school right and so right. we went on this journey taking the software they had built for banks and applying that into education the last two years and and now it's bigger than the software the software makes it easy and safe yes and helps you execute on that but like the session you attended, uh, what we're really trying to do is help schools build social media teams 
uh, based on the yearbook or journalism or digital media, business marketing class, uh, student council, just getting students to be able to help share that story, which is incredibly powerful. And now we can offer a safe, secure solution to do that. And where can people go to find that? Yeah, so you can go to our website. Uh, it is a paid service. And so you can go and request a demo, uh, get a demo. You do that with me. And so sign up to do that classintercom.com and we'll get you connected. We go just do it over Zoom and we can show you how everything works. We've It's web-based. So it runs on a Chromebook or laptop desktop and we have uh, mobile apps as well. So we all know students are on their phones so they can be creating content out on their phone and administrators get notifications pushed to them when a piece of content is submitted and they can improve it, deny it, they can edit it. So there's a whole moderation process built in and we want to get as many students and staff loaded on. So we're an unlimited users flat rate model um, and would love to, to share more about the mission we're on and helping schools across the country create opportunities like this for students safely. Uh, this is still a new concept for a lot of schools. So that's why, you know, we're doing sessions like you attended at ICE and excited uh, for the future and uh, to share our story to more people. I really appreciate you allowing me to be on the podcast to talk about this topic and something I'm really passionate about. So thanks, Matt. Thanks to all of you for listening today. I hope you found a tidbit or two to help you with your social media journey. Speaking of social media, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Weld and Teach Illinois on Twitter at TeachILPD. Links mentioned by Taylor Siebert of Class Intercom can be found on our website, teachillinois.com. The music for this episode was written and performed by Les Hayden on the Free Music Archive. Until next time, thank you for your hard work in taking care of America's kids.